Welcome to River of Life, and thank you for listening to this message today. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Pray with me. Father, we ask you today to help us not to miss you. Lord, help us not to become so accustomed to you that we miss you. Father, for those who have never really embraced you. May today be that day. That they will benchmark it and never forget it. Lord, we are so thankful. For your love, for our freedom, for the privilege of being able to talk to you and call you Father. And I pray today that you will make it known in each and every person's life in this building today that we will set up a memory, Lord, and a memorial that we will never forget. Because this is the day that you are going to do something incredible. In each and every one of our lives. And I pray that in your son's most holy and most precious name. The name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject of M&M's. Now, not these guys. Although these guys have had a pretty good impact in my life. I, I like... Um, I like the peanut butter M&Ms. They, let me tell you what, since I've lost my weight, I've learned when I get the sweet craving, if I'll eat five or six peanut butter M&Ms, I'm good. But I'm hoping that maybe these guys will, you'll, when you look at M&Ms from this day forward, you'll never look at them the same again. Uh, really, I'm not talking about M&Ms. The M&Ms I'm talking about is basically memorials and monuments. That is the title of my message this morning memorials and monuments. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter four. It's in the Old Testament. It's basically six books into the Bible. So if you almost get to the very front of the Bible, just go six books into Joshua. You're going to find it in Joshua chapter four. And while you're getting there, let me just kind of give you the background. So Israel has been in slavery for over 430 years. They finally get released from slavery. They're out in the wilderness. And because of their, basically their disbelief and the rebellion against God, anybody that's over 20 years and older has to die because they will not be able to enter to the promised land. Anybody 20 and older gets to go to the promised land. So now we have another 40 year stretch where kids have been born, and the only thing they know in life is we're wandering in the wilderness as nomads. Now, they've heard the, the wonderful stories from 
from relatives and from friends about how God did some incredible things uh, to the Israelites during the plagues and how he parted the Red Sea. But see, all this group of people knows, except for Joshua and Caleb, is they've just wandered in the wilderness for 40 plus years. And all they know, as far as miracles in their life, is that God provides manna for them during the day uh, and water to eat and their clothes never wear out. Wouldn't that be nice? Parents, for your kids to say, listen, you got these clothes now. They're never going to wear out. We'll have to get you new clothes for school next year. You're good to go. That's all they know. And what's sad about this, even though they've heard about these incredible miracles that God did beforehand, they no longer know that anymore. That's all they know. We'll take a moment and pause because obviously there is a, an emergency alert from everybody. Maybe it's because of my preaching. Y'all better get out now. <laughs> better can why you can <laughs> there you go and so here we have a group of people that the only thing they know is what's been told to them pretty much they've never really experienced any of god's incredible miracles they've never really sensed the move of god in their life that's all they know and they've wandered for 40 years But now they're at the place, and we're going to read in Joshua chapter 4, where they're finally going to exit out of the wandering and start entering to the promised land. What's interesting is that there are some of you in here today. You've been in church all of your life. And the only stories that you know are what maybe your parents have told you, what your pastors told you. You've never really had a genuine miracle from the Lord or a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. You're just wandering. But then there's some of you today, you've been to church, but you don't have a clue about the Christian life or about salvation. You're just wandering aimlessly. It's my prayer today that when you leave this place, you will have a memorial And a monument to place in your life to say, this was the day that God changed my life. Joshua chapter 4 verse 1 says this. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan. We're talking roughly over 2 million people. That the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people. One man from every tribe. And command them saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them. Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. 
And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel and carried them with them to the place where they lodged and they laid them down there. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan and in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood and they are there to this day. Wow. Each and every one of us has and we need memorials and monuments in our life. And a memorial is something that is kept in remembrance alive. It's a lasting evidence that reminds us or it's an example of something or someone very notable to us. The bad part about it is, is that some memorial and monuments are bad. In fact, we have uh, our first picture I want to show you is this is the, the 9-11. And when we think about 9-11, we automatically have a bad memory. Do we not? I mean, I don't think anybody has a good memory of 9-11. Because 9-11 was a tragic day in the life of the United States. And although... We should never forget 9-11. We should not let 9-11 burden us down. What happens with most of us is that we have a bad encounter in life. And then all of a sudden we set up a memorial or a monument and we never move past it. We've had a bad relationship with somebody. Therefore, every man in the universe is scum and sorry Every woman is money hungry and all they want is my money. And what we've done, we have built up this monument that's bad and we've allowed it to corrupt and destroy our very life. I've been hurt in church, therefore I'm never going back again. And we develop this monument to block and to keep the Holy Spirit from getting inside of our heart and life to teach us, to talk to us, to empower us, to enable us. Because we've allowed memories, we've allowed experiences in our lives, and we built this monument and our whole life centers around it. And that can be dangerous. But the good thing is there also are good monuments and memorials in our lives. So, for instance, like the Statue of Liberty. I mean, that reminds us that we live in the best country in the world. Right now, it, you may not think it's the best, but believe it or not, church, we still live in the best country in the world. We still do. And never forget that. That lady should remind us of the price that the men paid in the armed forces. when they, The men paid when the crossing over the seas to allow us to live in a free country. And we should never, ever forget that. And so each and every one of us have these in our mind. We have experiences. We have objects that remind us of things that are both good and bad. But not only that, memorials and monuments are also personal. Listen to what it says in Joshua 4.3. It says, And command them, saying, Take yourselves twelve stones out from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood. You should carry them over you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Notice how you keeps popping up. 
Because this was supposed to become a personal object. And memorials and monuments should be personal in our life. And these are the things that should help build you. These are the things that should help grow you in your faith and help move you closer to the Lord. This morning, I could spend hours upon hours sharing the ones in my life. But I just want to share with you four that really are special to me. Here's the first one. Now, this picture may not that be a big deal to you, but this is the bunk bed. You say, well, what's the big deal? It's a bunk bed. Because it was at a bunk bed that I knelt my knees down and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I will never, ever look at a bunk bed the same way. Because that bunk bed reminds me of the day that Jesus changed my very life. And I hope and pray that you can remember the time when God saved your very heart and life. If not... This morning, you're going to have a chance. And I hope you'll never look at this altar the same because you're going to be able to say, that's the place where Jesus changed me. Oh, I had been in church all of my life, but you know what? It was that morning on August the 15th that Pastor Chuck preached and I watched Jesus change to me, change my very heart and life. Here's the second picture. It's the Olive Garden. And I'm a big Italian fan. I love Italian. I mean, don't get me wrong. But see, it was at this restaurant over 24 years ago. Right at 24 years. It was on my first date with my beautiful bride. And see, when I look at the Olive Garden, because I knew that very night after we had talked, she was going to be the one. And she was. Because after that first date, we never looked back, did we, baby? Never. We moved forward. So when I look at the Olive Garden, I don't look at, you know, I know I get at the soup and salad. I know, you know, the Tuscany. I, the breadsticks. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the breadsticks. <laughs> I look at the Olive Garden when I walk. And I still remember that exact table. When I walk in, I always cut my eyes over at that table and I walk down that aisle. Because I remember that's the place. Where I had my first date with my wife. These, these are things that build me. That help me to grow. Here's picture number three. And I want you to look in the very back of that tan building that you're sitting in. Because see, I was in my mid-twenties. When the Lord spoke to my heart and said, this is the building that will be built in the center of the county. So could you imagine somebody in their mid-twenties going to their senior pastor and saying, we're going to build a tent in the center of the county. And of course, your thoughts were the same as his. You have lost your ever-loving mind. (laughs) But you know what? God gave me a vision and God allowed me to see the future. Because we didn't build it the next day. It was years later. But God allowed me to see what was happening in the future and what this place would be like. See, and I, I go back when I look at this building, I say, God, you spoke to me then. You can speak to me again. You can show me the next five years of River of Life. You can show me the next 10 years. You can show me where we're going so that I can help lead our people to that place. And as crazy as it may be, God will go. Now, for those who don't know, our church board always gets scared when I want to talk to them in a board meeting. <laughs> Because I'm always stretching them. Guys, I got good news. I don't have anything on my heart today. So you're fine. But what I do know 
is that as God gave me the vision for the future of this church, God wants to give you a vision for the future of your life. He wants to give you a plan and a purpose. And so this is the monument and the memorial I go back to that when God wants to speak to me, he can and he will. And so when the devil tells me that I'm no longer worthy, I'm no longer useful, I say, no, I remember when. And you can take me again. See, when the devil wants to convince you that life is over, you say, no, I remember a time in my life, Lord, when you showed me something that pushed me to the future. Go back to that. Don't dwell on the negative. Go back to these. God wants to build stepping stones in your life today. Things you can go back on and look back and go, I remember, God, when you spoke to me there. God, I remember when you changed my life there. God, I remember when you saved me there. God, I remember when you delivered me there. And keep going back to those monuments so it will build you to the person you need to become. Let me show you one more. I tell you, I could go on on stage. This is, <laughs> you say, a lawnmower. You know, it's, you know, it's a lawnmower. What's the big deal about a lawnmower? That lawnmower means all the world to me. Not that one. I mean, not that lawnmower. I just pulled one up. For you see, I grew up where on every Saturday I pretty much mowed the yard the entire day. I would spend hours upon hours on a mower mowing grass. Of course, I swore when I left my home, I would never, ever have to do that again. And to this day, I don't have to. I can mow my grass in about a half hour now, 45 minutes and I'm done. But the hours that I spent upon that mower was the time that God would speak to me. And I remember as a nine-year-old preaching at nine years old, preaching because God was preparing me for the ministry. And then at 17, he called me to the ministry. To this day, God still speaks to me on the lawnmower. So guess what I did Last week, I got on the riding lawnmower and mowed the field behind my house because I needed a word from the Lord. Listen, you say it's just a lawnmower. It's just a lawnmower to you, but it is life to me. It's the word to me. You guys just thought I was crazy mowing the grass, didn't you? Who in the world mows the grass? When you need a word, you go back to where God speaks to you and you get it. Listen, you got to learn. God wants to put memorials and monuments in your life. So when the devil attacks you, when you begin to struggle, you'll go back to those places to build your faith, to encourage you, to keep you from falling backwards, but to moving forward. That's what you need. Do you realize that God will give you these memorial and monuments to show you that he does the impossible in your life? See, we've just read about how the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan River. But I left out a key verse because I didn't want you to see it until now. Listen to what it says in chapter 4, verse 18. And it came to pass when the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan and the souls of the priests touched the dry land that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and what? Overflowed its bank. See, Israel did not cross the Jordan in the dry season. They crossed in the flood season. 
And we are told that the Jordan gets pretty deep during the flood season. Let me show you this picture just to get an idea. This is Brian Blackwell's house. This is our our youth pastor's house. This was during one of the hurricanes. And the water has risen up to about six feet over the Oklahoma River. You can see his backyard. I mean, he's looking out the back of his house and water's all up. He has like waterfront property. I mean, literally. I mean, rises pretty quick. We are told that during the flood season that the Jordan River is basically 100 feet wide. So to give you an idea, the Jordan River is basically the width of this dome. This dome is about 119 feet wide. But when it gets to its flood peak, it can go from anywhere from about 12 to 20 feet tall. So imagine this for a moment. I'm standing here. See Jesus? The top of Jesus is only 15 feet tall. So can you imagine walking and looking over to your left or looking over to your right and seeing this massive amount of water just standing there while you walk by it? A hundred feet, just standing there, holding back. When just before you crossed, you were watching it gush through. And all of a sudden, when the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord walks in, it stands still. Just stands. Now, you have to understand, it wasn't wakeboarding day, so they had on their swimsuits and their little, their little floaties. They were moving. So they had carts, donkeys, things in their hand. They were journeying. And to be, I don't know if you can picture this, but to be able to look that way and go, okay, Jesus is 15 foot tall. And all I know is the hand of the Lord is holding this against. All he's got to do is let his hand go and this is going to crush me in. It's going to take over me. See, God, when he does something in your life, he's going to do the impossible. And when he does the impossible, he wants you to remember what he's done so that you'll never forget it. Once again, I could share story after story of the impossible, just the possibilities of the impossible God's done in my life. But I just want to give you one that I've shared with you before because it's always so present in my life. I've been a diabetic for over 44 years. The Lord promised my mother 44 years ago I would never go blind. To this day, I have perfect 2020, I actually have 2015 vision, and I have no signs of diabetic retinopathy in my life. None. And every time I see my optometrist, he said, there's no way. And I remind him, when the Lord makes a promise, he keeps it. And, I, and that's my reminder of how God loves me. And how God has done some incredible things in my life. You know what, church? God loves you. And he wants to do some incredible things in your life. He wants to give you a monument and a memorial for you to go back to when you struggle. Because we all will struggle. He wants to give you a memory that you can hold on to so that when life gets real, real tough, you'll be able to move forward. After all, the purpose for the whole purpose for those setting up those 12 stones on the other side of the Jordan River was to remind these new group of people, look at the miracle God did in your life. Look what he did. He stopped the river so you could walk across. Nobody else could do that. Nobody else has ever done that. Now, entering into the promised land, they still had issues to face and things to do. But they would always, when they thought about wanting to return back to Egypt, they would remember what God did to them. They say, nope, not worth it. We're moving forward. So basically, the whole purpose of these monuments and these memorials in your life is to serve as a reminder. 
It's to remind you of how good God is to you. It's to remind you how God has spared you. It's to remind you how God has kept you from harm. It's to remind you of what he wants to do and what he can do in your life. Joshua 4, 7 made it clear. He says, then you can tell them they, what do these 12 stones do? They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. Do you understand that when the presence, and that's where God dwelt in the Old Testament, was in the Ark of the Covenant? When the presence of the Lord gets in your life, He will stop anything and everything in your life to make a way for you. He will. He has. But you have to allow Him. And so, this morning, which... It, we take for granted sometimes. Sarah, go ahead and pull the picture up. We take this for granted. We just nonchalantly look at the cross of Jesus Christ and go, yep, that's the cross of Jesus. No. That's where my Savior bled and died. That's where He shed His blood for me. That's where He died so I could live. That's where He paid a price so I could be set free. And so whenever I think that I am worthless, whenever I think I'm not really loved, whenever I really think that I'm a nobody, look at the cross of Jesus and say, no, he loved me so much. He suffered and he bled and died for me. He bled and died for you. He just didn't do it for me. He did it for you, for you. Never forget that. When you think, that your life was hopeless and helpless and you're nobody. You're somebody because he died for you. Yeah. We have a tendency to forget that. So you know what God did? Jesus understood we were going to have a problem with this, Sarah. So he said, you know what you need to do? You need to have communion. You know why? Because the communion is going to remind you of the blood that was shed on Calvary. The communion is going to remind you that the stripes he bore on his back. So that you could be healed. Physically. Mentally. And emotionally. See we just don't take communion just to take it. We partake in communion to remind us. That we are. A child. Of almighty God. And we love him. And we honor him. And we serve Him. And we worship Him. Because He is our God. That's why we do these things. God sets these things in your life and my life. So that the devil won't wash it away. And make you forget. Never forget the cross. Never forget your freedom in Jesus Christ. But see if you've never met Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then you don't understand. If you've never allowed Him to change your life. You don't understand. And see, this morning, I don't just want, I just don't want you to hear about this for me. I want you to be able to tell about this to somebody else tomorrow. That I met Jesus on this day and he set me free from my sin. I met Jesus on this day and he relieved me from my anxieties. He relieved me from my depressions. I met Jesus at the altar earlier today and he's going to hear and answer my prayer. He's healed me. He saved me. That's what this is about. For you to have a landmark 
to go back to in life. Because see, when you look at these monuments and these memorials in your life, they help to move you forward. God just doesn't want to keep you where you're at. He wants to move you forward. And trust me, we want to help you move forward. One of the greatest blessings in my life happens about once a month or once every other month. Where I get to sit down and meet with your church leaders. And last Thursday night, your church leaders met. You know what's neat about our board meetings? Our board meetings are not usually overrun with petty things like, what do we do here? What do we do there? Our board meetings, you can kiss the prayer and how do we love the family at River of Life and move them forward? Guess what we did last Thursday night? We prayed and we talked about how do we move this church forward in the next few years? How do we love you as a congregation? How do we pastor you better so that you will be a more mature, loving congregation? That's what your leaders do. See, we're not content where we're at. Let me tell you what, there's a lot of good things going on here. But if we sit here, we're in trouble. And your church leadership knows that. Your senior pastor knows it above anybody else. So your senior pastor and your leaders have some great things that are going to happen in the future. We're going to get ready to start moving us forward. Because that's what God wants us to do. And with these in our life, these things should encourage us never to look back. The whole point of crossing over the Jordan was to not look back. If we ever go back to Egypt, we're in trouble. You realize that's why the first group of people died? Because in Numbers 14, they said, you know what? It sure would have been a lot better for us to die in slavery than to be free out here in the desert and die. You think, how foolish is that? I mean, that's... You would rather be in slavery than to be free? Be careful. Because some of you today have chosen to continue to be in slavery rather than let Jesus set you free. Because there will be a battle. There will be some some battles you're going to have to take to do it. Listen, not all victories are easy. In order to have a victory, you first must have a fight or a battle. And so we don't want to move backwards. We always want to move forward. Some of you will be familiar with the song. Some of you won't. It's funny. We, we think the song is named, I'm Bound for the Promised Land. But the song's actual name is on Jordan's stormy banks. Because you see, when they were crossing, they said, do we cross of this massive wall of water holding back? Do we cross over? Because this wasn't like we're just going to walk from one point to the other. They had to step out on faith and walk across. Do we walk across or do we stay here? On Jordan's stormy banks I stand. And I cast a wishful eye to Canaan, that fair and happy land. They're looking to the promised land. Not looking at the problem, looking at the promise. Not looking at the storm, looking at the Savior. Where my possessions lie, I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come with me? I am bound for the promised land. Are you bound this morning for the promised land? Are you still on Jordan's stormy banks trying to figure out what to do? You know, they also help future generations. 
Listen to what it says in Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stories will stand, these stones will stand as long as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. They're there to teach the younger. Do you realize we're only one generation for becoming a biblically ignorant society? If you, as a parent, aren't teaching your children the Word of God, start today. It's not the church's responsibility, it's your responsibility. We'll help you, but we only get a couple hours. Let me tell you what, don't all do it next week. But it would do you worlds of wonders to go across to our children's building and see our children worshiping the Lord. To see our children laid across the carpet praying. To see our children taught the word of God. Because our children's pastor, Lori White, understands the importance of teaching your children the word and the love of God. And it is our responsibility to do the same. Our children need to know that God is good. Our children need to know that there is stability. There is unchanging truths in God's word and God's love that they don't have to fluctuate back and forth in this world. Our children need to hear that. Our children need to be taught that. And more than ever, your children need to hear it come from your mouth, what God has done in your life. So when they grow up, they'll do the same. That was the whole point. And you trust me, when they went by, they already had their stone picked out because they, because remember, they took the stone home with them for the night. They could say, that's our stone right there. Trust me, all these stones weren't the same shape, size, and form. They knew which one was theirs. And we need to get to the place where our children know the promises and the power of God in their life. And when they do that, you're going to be a blessed parent because you're going to see it come to pass. And when it comes to pass, it's going to make you a proud daddy. You know what? When you do things in a loving, godly way, your Heavenly Father is so proud of you. And it's so wonderful to watch these things take place. This is just a freebie for those who are having children or expecting children. Every night, read the Word of God over your wife's belly. Let them hear the Word long before. I was doing that long before my children were born. They were hearing that. They were hearing the Word of God. From their mother's womb. Because I wanted them to know the word of God. And it pays off when you do that. I still remember. When my Jalen was three years old. We had a lady in our church. Up in Mississippi. That had cancer. And she had been to every doctor. She had been to every therapist she could find. And couldn't be healed. And my three year old. We didn't tell her. One day just grabs her. Prays a simple prayer for God to heal her. And within two days, it was gone. So then you take Carly off at 16 years old on a mission trip. And the next summer, she spends a month over in the Bahamas all by herself because she loves children and wants to minister the word of God to them. Sees daddy do it, repeats what daddy's doing. And does it herself. And does. Let me tell you what. She is wonderful with children. I can't say. I'm, I'm proud of all my children. But this is one that, that blesses me. 
So every morning I do a devotion with my family. And every now and then I get lazy and I, <laughs> I don't do one. I just got to be honest. I'm a slacker every now and then. I don't do one. And I didn't do one one morning. Right about 9.15, 9.30, I get this text from my son. He's on break at work. He's reading his Bible. And he comes across a verse he doesn't understand. And he texts dad the verse and says, dad, what does this mean? When he didn't have to, he's doing it. See, our children need to see us live in a godly way. Our children need to hear the greatness of our Lord. The promises he has kept. The things he has done in our life. Why? So that they will understand how wonderful and how marvelous God is. Because when they do, they'll repeat it. The key to all this though. The key is you have to have a starting point. And it's funny, I read you nine verses, but one of the verses I didn't cover was verse one. And that's the verse I'm going to end with today. It says, and it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over. That's the key word, had completely. We all need a starting point. And until you completely cross over, you get out of your old life, you walk into the new life, you'll never be set free. Those folks could have stand on the other side of the Jordan and they would have missed the promised land. They could have walked partly in and got scared and pulled back out. They would have missed the promised land. They had to be willing to step out on faith and say, you know what? As scary as this looks, I'm looking at this wall of water being held. But I see the promised land. They couldn't have a casual understanding about this. They needed to be committed. They needed to have a 100% commitment to follow through. There is a big difference between, between a casual Christian and a committed Christian. Big difference. Let me explain to you this on a measure you'll probably understand. Because a lot of you may think you're committed when you're really casual. Do you love bacon and eggs? I love bacon and eggs. Let's talk about bacon and eggs for just one second. The egg part of this breakfast, you realize the chicken is just casual in this because all she has to do is just produce the egg and it's done. Period. Finished. Over. The pig, on the other hand, has to give his life so you can enjoy that bacon. And until you give your life to Jesus Christ, until you give it all, you're just casual. You are not committed. And today, some of you are standing on Jordan's stormy banks. And you're going to, have to make a, you're going to have to make a decision today. Am I willing to swallow my pride and step out of my chair and come forward to this altar and give my life to Jesus? Am I willing to trust Christ with all of my heart and leave that bad relationship at the altar? Am I willing to come forward today and leave my drug addiction, my vaping addiction, my drink, my alcoholism at this altar. Am I willing to commit my life to Jesus? You have to make that decision. But please remember, there were many children that died in slavery in Egypt. There were many children that died in the wilderness just wandering around aimlessly. 
there were only a few that crossed over into the promised land. Today, listen to the Holy Spirit. No longer stand on Jordan's stormy banks. Why don't today you trust the Lord with all your heart? And you lean not only on your understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge Him. And you step out of your chair. You come to this altar and say, God, today you're going to give me a memorial. Today is the day I'm going to mark August the 15th down. Where you saved me. Where you set me free. Where you healed me. Where you called me into the ministry. This is the day, Lord, I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Because I stepped out in faith. And I committed my whole heart and life to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for stories in the Bible that mean so much to us. I thank you, Lord, that they're just not a, an information for us, but Lord, they're, they're truths to change our life. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you will begin to move in people's lives. And today would be the day That you would give them a memorial, a monument that they will implant in their life that they will talk about for years to come. Lord, I am so thankful for that bunk bed you placed in my life. But Lord, I'm really going to be thankful today for this altar you're going to give to many people as they give you everything. Lord, today I pray that you will call them out of casualness and they will be committed. That they will no longer look at the promise. I mean the problem, Lord, they'll look at the promise. They'll no longer look, Lord, at the storm. They'll look to you, the Savior. And today would be the day that you not only do a miraculous work in their life, but you give them a stepping stone to go back to time and time again. Father, please move mightily in this service today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also want to encourage you to check out River of Life this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.